Welcome to Recreate Parenting, the podcast from licensed therapist and author Roya Dato. We're going to talk about creative tools for more connection so that you can release fear and find joy in all of the places your kids take you. This podcast is especially wonderful for those of you who feel like your families don't quite fit the mold. I've been thinking about recording this particular episode for a while now, but the catalyst for me today was that I was in the doctor's office. And it was the fourth doctor's office and appointment that I had been waiting for for this particular issue, and it still wasn't resolved. I left with a prescription, but not the medication because there is a shortage, and it's been kind of a hassle to get the next care, the next care, the next care. And it's within the mental health field, and I'm a mental health professional. Not only do I work within this system professionally, but I'm also a practiced advocate for myself. And I'm really struggling to like figure it out and hurry up and get the the care and the mental health um, attention, I suppose, you know, the, the care that I am needing here. And if I've got this level of struggle, right, in a field that I'm comfortable with and in a place that I'm comfortable and I've got all the language and all the tools for self advocacy at my disposal, I just can't help but think what this is like all the time for people who don't have either of those things. And it was making me remember a few weeks back, I did a talk in a group for a a group of parents who submitted questions to me uh, before and after the talk. The talk itself was specifically on helping your kids with social anxiety, but some of the questions that were submitted um, were a little bit more broad about the different types of anxiety that kids and teenagers experience. So I want to introduce a little bit of a new segment to this here podcast. Uh, for lack of a more original word or phrase, name, whatever, we're just going to call it, you know, Dear Roya. And I'm going to answer a question. So this question, uh, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, is essentially, Dear Roya, my 10-year-old has developed a severe fear of needles. The mention of a needle or vaccine causes me great anxiety. Uh, Last fall, after a vaccine, he went through a period where he wouldn't even expose his bicep. It had to be covered by a shirt. Um, I've explored this with him, with the doctor. I'm worried about making it worse. I've let him skip two shots, and I know that needles are a common phobia, but I don't know how to help him. Okay, there's more to it, um, but I want to get to some of the solutions. Because you're right, this is not an uncommon phobia. Many, many, many kids have fear around um, doctors, needles, and medical procedures. So I have a handful of suggestions for you to try if you haven't already. The first thing is to be very, very honest about if something is necessary or not. Be really honest about why you think that that appointment or procedure or whatever it is is important. I feel like that we have like a certain amount of credit with our kids, and if we use them up on times that aren't really necessary, then we've used up the credit. So I think about this with like dentists and things. Like, do you really truly need to go get that particular appointment done right now? Could it be postponed? Could it be combined with another appointment so it's only one and not two? Is it actually medically necessary right now? I think of this not as enabling the fear, but as a way to really build that credit so when it is a medical necessity, they know that you're not just trying to make them go just because you think it's important. That they know, your kids know that you're really trying very hard to work with them 
and make the situation, um, you know, as easy for them as you can. And sometimes there's a necessity. Sometimes you really do need to go do the thing. And speaking of being honest, I also think it's really important to be honest with kids about whether it's going to hurt or be uncomfortable or have lasting impact or whatever it is. A lot of times we tell kids like, oh, it's not going to hurt at all. You know, I hear this with parents all the time when they're going in for a shot or whatever. We say, oh, it's going to, you're barely going to feel it. Well, I'm sorry. Have you had a needle stuck in your arm lately? That stuff actually does hurt. And if you're anything like me, not only does it hurt, you feel it afterwards. And I get cold, clammy sweats still to this day as an adult, anytime I even look at a needle. So telling me it's not going to hurt and it's not going to be a big deal and then I go in and it does hurt and it is kind of a big deal makes me feel like there's something wrong with me if you've said that and yet I have this other reaction Uh, and it makes it so I don't trust you in your assessment of what there is to be afraid of or worried about. So instead of saying, ah, no big deal, it's totally easy, you're not even going to feel a thing, be really accurate, precise, and concrete with your language about it. You know, you go in saying, yep, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go in, we'll sign in, we'll probably have to wait a little while in a, you know, slightly uncomfortable waiting room. We'll go, they'll clean the spot, it might smell really strong, it might be kind of cold. And then when you get the needle, it will probably hurt for one to two seconds. Here, let's count. One, two. That's probably how long it will feel sharp. And then after that, it might ache for another minute or two. And then probably it will stop hurting to the point where you're going to forget about it. Some shots, maybe it will be sensitive for the next day or two. You know, whatever it is, but be very, very concrete in your description of what's going to happen. Essentially, you're not leaving room for the imagination to take over and create worst case scenarios. You're filling out all the details and some of those details might be uncomfortable or painful, which brings us to the next step, which is you making sure you know and you tell your kid that you know that they can handle that discomfort or that pain so yeah this procedure might hurt like this it might feel like that some people have this response most people this and even if it's the worst case scenario so for you it might sting for you know maybe 10 minutes i know that you can do something like that for 10 minutes because i've watched you do something difficult or painful for 10 minutes before You know, you really get to use your knowledge of your kid, uh, you know, all that time that you've spent playing with them and watching them play games and do things they're interested in. You've seen them use their skills and use their strengths in other areas. So this is the point where you get to bring in their strengths and remind them that they have what it takes to get through that pain or discomfort. And then the other thing to do, and we'd all do this with things we're afraid of, is we build them up in our heads and they loom very, very large, and then it kind of feels like there's no life after that thing. So like if there's a medical appointment on the calendar, sometimes it can feel like there's nothing else after that, just life is all about getting to that appointment and then nothing else. And so make sure that you are using life after language. So when you're talking about, okay, we're gonna go and we're gonna do this you know, hard medical thing, And then after that, we're going to leave the office and we'll walk back to the waiting room and we'll get in the car. And then I was thinking about this for dinner. And then don't forget, we've got that other thing we're doing on the weekend. So that medical appointment is one in a string of many, many things that you're doing. 
you're essentially adding plot points on a data graph, right? You're adding other things to think about. You're reminding somebody that their whole life is not about that one 10 second moment or 20 minute appointment or whatever it is, that life is bigger than that and that they will survive and get to the next things. When something really is a medical necessity and your kid knows that you've done what you can to help facilitate in any way possible to make it work for them, but now it really is a necessity, you can be really, really on their team and be really understanding about the feelings that they're having and the fear that they're having while also not necessarily making like behavioral changes. Because as we know, our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviors are related, but they're three different things. And so you get to do a lot of and language. Yeah, this might hurt and I know that you can handle it. Yeah, this is a scary thing and we can get through that. You know, we have to do this and what can you do to distract yourself during it? You know, you're not necessarily saying, yeah, this is a scary thing, so how do we avoid it? You're saying, yeah, this is a scary thing, and we're going to get it done, and how can we get it done in the way that works the best for you, or uses your strengths in the best way, or distracts you the most, or whatever the and is. So you get to be incredibly um, sympathetic to what they're going through, and the thing still has to get done. Talking about uh, this medical um, anxiety is actually reminding me I did something else today (laughs) in addition to sitting in waiting rooms. Actually, I did some of this while sitting in the doctor's waiting room. Uh, I opened up a brand new Etsy shop. And so if you go to recreateparenting.etsy.com, it's a a little baby Etsy shop at the moment. But one of the things that I've put in there are these worksheets that I've developed on really specific topics. So one of them is a worksheet on helping your kids through um, medical anxiety. One of them is a worksheet on helping your kids with anxiety related to academic pressure. One is a worksheet on helping your teenagers with adulting. I've got, I think, about a dozen or so up at the moment, and they're instant downloads. And the idea is that um, it's just one worksheet, but it's supposed to take you through a whole month. And so it's got a couple of assessment questions, it's got some journal prompts, it's got some language shifts, it's got some art ideas and reflection questions. Um, It's got like enough material there that if you really dig into it and explore, that my my goal for you is in a relatively simple, playful way, you kind of change your thinking and get more tools over the course of a month so that you can parent in a much more connected and creative way. So go check out recreateparenting.etsy.com and tell me what you think. I've got some other stuff up there too. If you have a question that you want me to talk about on this podcast, I would absolutely love to hear it. Uh, anywhere you, you are listening to this, there's a spot to post a comment. Um, my contact information is all over. If you search my name, Roya Dado, um, go to my website, Uh, send me messages however you'd like to get it to me I would love to hear if you've got a specific question for me to answer on an upcoming podcast episode I hope you enjoyed this episode of recreate parenting podcast as always I want to invite you to set aside and honor some time for creativity every single week by joining the play with purpose monthly membership group 
You can find information about that and everything else I've got to offer for you creative parents at royadato.com. That's R-O-Y-A-D-E-D-E-A-U-X.com.